Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 314 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen with your host, Matt Payne. This week, I had the pleasure of hanging out and chatting with Angela Ledyard. Angela is a landscape photographer living in Texas, originally from Ohio. She recently created a group called the Black Female Landscape and Nature Photographers, which has become a prominent community and beacon for African-American nature photographers. It was awesome hearing her story and to hear about why and how she created the group. I think you'll really enjoy our chat. Before we start with the episode, I want to quickly thank our latest Patreon supporters, including Richard Bachrock and Ludovic Duteau. Richard and Ludovic have joined our community on Patreon by financially supporting the podcast they love. Since we operate on the value for value model here on the podcast, I genuinely appreciate any support that you can provide. The value for value model operates under the assumption that if something is of value to you, then you pay what you think it's worth. In the case of this podcast, I think anything more than zero makes sense and is fair. Thanks for everyone's support. I really appreciate you. If you think you would like to support the show, please go to patreon.com forward slash f-stop and listen to support the show. Okay, let's get to this week's episode with Angela Ledyard. All right, Angela Ledyard, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Matt. I am so happy to be here. Awesome. I'm, I'm loving your background. You've got these awesome, this art, awesome art, artwork behind you, and it's great to see a smiling face on the other side. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I mean, look at your artwork. I definitely couldn't show up with a plain white wall. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, whatever works, whatever works. Well, so I actually learned about you because my friend and one of our former guests, David Thompson, was on your YouTube channel. And I was like, oh, that sounds like someone I would be, I would love to have on my show. So I reached out to David and here we are. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's an awesome person. Great he is. <laughs> yeah. He's, in my opinion, one of the best landscape photographers out there. He is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> right. Every time you look at his stuff, you're like, oh, I'm just going to. Put my camera in the trash. Oh my gosh! Not put it in the trash. No, I want to pick sell up it the on phone eBay. Like, How did you do that one? <laughs> what time <Yeah>. of day? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, how did you do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, for people that aren't familiar with you, would love for you to tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, let's see here. I'm Angela Ledyard. And I am born and raised Cleveland, Ohio. And about six years ago, moved from Cleveland to San Diego, California, and was there. And then about three, four months ago, uh, made my way to the North Dallas, Texas area. Um, So as far as with landscape photography, um, I'm a nature outdoorsy person, and I would say it was probably, I was. I remember when I was three, well, I don't remember, I can't remember what I had on yesterday, but thankfully <laughs> for the images, um, I do kind of recall my parents um, had some friends in Minneapolis, and um, they had invited them up to Minneapolis um, for a camping trip. 
So I've been like an outdoorsy type of person since I was a mini me. And photography came about due to my grandparents. Um, my grandfather used to love taking pictures of my grandmother down at the lake. In Cleveland, Ohio, we had Lake Erie, the beautiful Lake Erie. Um, <laughs> Was there a little sarcasm in that? <laughs> no, I, I had a lot of great times in Lake Erie. Um, so he would take pictures of her and she would just be so happy and he had a camera and my inquisitive mind was like, can I take pictures of grandma now? And he showed me how to take pictures and it has been a love of mine for since probably gas was maybe 85 cents a gallon. Yeah, okay. not, to, <laughs> not to date yourself, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, and and what do you do for work? Um, I am an office administrator. Um, so I am, I wouldn't say it's a nine to five because I wear a lot of different hats, yep. but I balance my life with outdoors. Um, so yeah. And, you know, I think that's one of the important things about what we do um, not only are we capturing images, but it's like just being outdoors, you know, photography, hiking, getting away. It's like complete detachment for me. And I know it is for a lot of other people. Um, so, yeah. So that's my main gig. Yeah. I'm in an office. Okay. Okay. Good deal. And you got um, pets, kids? No pets. Um, I used to have two shit zoos. But when I left Cleveland, my cousin adopted him. Okay. Um, and with my lifestyle, I am not home enough for pets. And, you know, when you're traveling to, like, a lot of, of the national parks, you can't take pets or dogs on trails. Um, so it wouldn't be fair for me to have that. I do have a daughter. I call her daughter mother um, because... She knows her mom is always out and about and, you know, I have to report to her. I'm okay. Okay, here's where I am. This is where I'm going to be. This is who I'm going to be with. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it. I, <laughs> I love it. Well, so next question I've got for you is why have you chosen nature and landscape photography over, say, portraits or architecture or mm. anything else? Such a loaded question. It's funny because when I was in high school, I was a photographer um, for a yearbook. And so I grew up, you know, family events, taking pictures, um, high school, taking pictures of people. I even uh, was an apprentice for a photographer, a local photographer. In, um, she was in the East Cleveland area for senior pictures. And she had this, Mamaya 645, and I was like, I want that one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> still haven't gotten it yet, but I got other cameras. But anyway, so I spent a lot of time taking pictures of people. And the more I was taking pictures of people, the more I was like, I love nature. People just, not that I have anything against people, you know, to your audience, Everyone's great, but from a photography standpoint, can you make me look smaller? Can you remove this zit? Can you do this? Can you do that? And nature, you just 
nature is challenging. Not to say that people aren't, I think people are just, it's, people are demanding. I mean, it takes the fun out of it for me though. So for people that do portrait photography. <sighs> <laughs> yes, yes, we bow down. <laughs> right? You know, it's just, it's a different patience level. Um, but nature is so challenging because we have to, we have to work with what we're given. Yes. Yeah. You're right. I mean, look at the images behind you. You know, it's not like you could have dialed it in and said, okay, I want the mountain range. I want the sky to look like Skittles and I will need this to happen at 7 a.m. You know. Well, and I'm not good enough in Photoshop to fake it, so. <laughs> <laughs> that too, right? Thanks, technology. Um, but yeah, nature, we have to work with what we are given. And that just goes back to my connection with the outdoors. You know, I was always, you know, exploring um, and, you know, capturing. I was at Lake Erie and we had the Metro Parks in the Cleveland area. So there were not the type of waterfalls, of course, that you would see at Yosemite, but, you know, seeing the flow of the water and, yeah. So for me, the connection, um, I'm also a yogi. So, you know, I... It's like, I just have like this circle, you know, and it keeps me sane. Yeah, I love it. How often do you get to, to go out into nature and make photos? Um, I have a girlfriend who's also a photographer and she's like, you, you take photos every day. And I told him like, if the conditions are right, I do. I carry a camera with me every day, every day. Um, yeah, I used to day. do that. I used to do that. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I gave it up because I was starting to annoy my family. How? <laughs> oh, this is like, oh, he's <laughs> like, like stop in the car. Right. Like, oh, can we, can we just go take a, I just want to go photograph that over there. Like, come on, seriously. We got to get these groceries home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For people that have family members and it's like, uh, but they don't understand the colors are not going to be like this again. Yeah. yeah. Just, it'll, yeah. Be, it'll be different. Yeah. 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 But now, yeah. Every day I, I had too many situations where I was trying to, I don't want to say detach. Um, but I guess I could use that word and say detach from having my camera with me every day. I'm like, I'm just, I'm not going to take it. And actually this was, I was in Cleveland and there was this storm rolling in. It was like later in the day, these really intense clouds were coming in from over the lake and they were coming over the highway. This was I-90 and I was traveling westbound and all I had with me was my cell phone. Oh, I was like, nope. Mm -mm. So you nope. just take it with you everywhere you go now? Everywhere I go. I've been doing that for years. I carry wow. a camera. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. Yes. Well, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, but I'm, I was super curious about this. Um, you had mentioned that you moved from Ohio to San Diego, and I'm curious how that move changed your perspective on the world and your perspective on, on what the landscape has to offer for a photographer? Um, California came about 
2015, and my daughter's birthday is in January. So we would typically go to like a spa for her birthday. And one particular year, she's like, let's go somewhere. I'm like, where do you want to go? So we had never been to San Diego. So I was like, okay, we'll go to San Diego. And she was a junior in college. And when we were landing, and her birthday's in January, so Cleveland in January is, your face is saying it, right? It's, <laughs> it's cold. Not, right, right. It's, <laughs> you can have some blizzard conditions. When we went to the airport in Cleveland and we were all bundled up, and by the time we got landed in San Diego and got off the plane and picked up the rental, we had maybe one uh, an eighth of the clothes that we had on when we were on the plane um and just flying into san diego and looking at the landscape i was like oh so not only was it the weather but the mountains that were there and she actually fell in love with san diego before i did i appreciated it because we traveled before um and that you know i had been to like Appalachian mountains and other areas, but she was like, I'm moving to San Diego. And I'm like, you go ahead. I'm moving to North Carolina. And, you know, long story short, she was not going to let her mother move to North Carolina. She got me (laughs) to San Diego and I fell in love with it too. You know, it was just, I think the highest point in Ohio, the whole state of Ohio is Highest elevation, 1,000, I think it's 1,500, 1,541 or something of that nature. Right. And there are mountains there that are like 10,000, 14 feet elevation. And for me to just be on trails and experience, you know, how the clouds roll in over the mountains. Oh, my gosh. Talk about... If if I could have married Tory Pines Nature Reserve, that would be my spouse right now. So, <laughs> that would be my spouse. Yeah, I've always wondered, like, for people that you know grow up in the Midwest or the East Coast, like, and they haven't traveled west at all. It seems like the first time you do it, it's like, what? Seriously, this this is what it's like out here? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's so different. Right. I mean, I'm lucky I grew up in Colorado my whole life, so, like, I didn't really know anything else. But, like, every time I've gone east, I'm like, oh, man, I feel so I feel so sorry for these people. Not having, like, they don't live where it's awesome, you know. I, no offense to anyone listening, but, man, like, I could, I could see how that would be, like, a total, totally mind and life-changing event to see that kind of stuff for the first time, you know. Right, and to live it, you yeah. know. It was just... You know, to drive, there were plenty of times when I, when we first moved out there, I lived, um, I think it was like 20, 22 or 25 miles away from the office. And I would be on the highway. First of all, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm taking like four highways to get to work. <laughs> I had to get used to that. But everything at that time in their winters was like plush and green. Right. And I get to see this all the time. And it is when, like, for someone like you, you're in Colorado, you're like, eh, yeah, yeah, California, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got the ocean, yeah, we got mountains, yeah. Right. 
<laughs> and a lot of them go to Florida. I'm like, where do you guys go on vacation? I'll go to Florida. Yeah. Like, Why? Yeah. Florida or they go down to Mexico. Right. Um, Which is like an hour away. Yeah. But right. it, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you then recently you moved to North uh, Dallas in Texas. What prompted that move? Um, because of my, I have a, I really have a bad habit. Um, and my bad habit is I like to travel and take pictures and be out and about. And someone has to pay for that habit. So if there's <laughs> any sponsors out there that really, really like to sponsor my habit. Um, so I spend, I was spending a lot of time away from my expensive apartment, which, you know, that's California. Right. And um, my daughter, who was also living there, she also had her own place. Um, the place was, they were increase, increasing her rent. She's like, okay, that's it. And I'm like, well, where are we going? So um, she had named Dallas, Houston, Vegas, Phoenix. So I was like, well, um, if it's Vegas, that means I can still get to California, Utah, and um, Arizona. I'm like, Phoenix, no. Houston, no. I said, Dallas has storms. Okay, that's that true. Work. That's true, yeah. yeah. Plus, you, so, plus um, I mean, you got a big confident. airport. You can basically get anywhere in like a couple exactly. of hours. Exactly. You know, a lot of times yeah. you have a layover here. So, right. but um, San Diego for both of us, because of things that we just want to do. I mean, it was, it's, I love San Diego, but, you know, for... Had to make it make sense financially. Um, Got it. Yeah, it was. I'm like, I'm really spending that amount of money, you know, every month. You know what kind of lens I could have right now? I could <laughs> right. wear my 500 or 600 prime lens. Right, like you know how many trips I could take. <laughs> exactly. Just on one month's rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, I I hear that. That's kind of how I am right now. I feel that. Yeah, Colorado is pretty. I was there in September. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, I had thought about moving there too. I was like, mm. well, cool. So, shifting gears completely, this is kind of getting to the meat of what I wanted to talk to you about. So, in 2020, uh, you created uh, your group, the Black Female Landscape and Nature Photographers. Why did you create that group? Ooh. Um, there are multiple, multitude of reasons, but just to simplify answering the question, um, growing up, being into photography, being into the outdoors, first thing as a woman, it's like, why do you want to do that? You know, you got to be careful. And I was a person that, like I was telling early, saying earlier, you know, I like, I've always went out and explored um, a lot by myself. And we just, as African-Americans, it's just like, we don't do that. You know, we just, we don't do, we don't go out hiking and do all those things. And for me, I did. And during the pandemic, oh, well, before I get to that part. So growing up, there was no one that I could look to that looked like me. Um, and that was also female where I could say, hey, you know, could you, could you show me, you know, could I right. work with you? You know, I had that photographer that did portrait photography, 
But outside of that, we that was just something we we don't do. So in 2020, I just I got fed up. I'm like, I'm out here. I know there has to be other women. <laughs> I know. I'm like, come on. And then I always think of um, what's that? That Kevin Costner movie with the the baseball. And it's like, oh. if you build it or if you build it, yeah, fill, the, fill the dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I decided to just go ahead and create the group. And I was like researching, you know, I'm on, I'm, I'm ghosting people, not really ghosting, but I'm stalking people, social media and like searching for, you know, black female photographers. And there's like, portraiters, you know, are coming up. I'm like, okay, black female landscape, landscape photographers, African-American. And it was just like, there's no way, no way. I knew some men that went out and they were outdoor photographers. They were, um, they were black men, but I'm like, I know they're out here. So created the group and created um, a Facebook page that's private to the group. That's pretty much a safe space. Mm -hmm. um, so that the ladies can discuss where they want to go take pictures and they don't have to worry about some strange person. Oh, right. Uh, so, and then, and that was 2020. And now, you know, we're going into 2023. And that was June of 2020, actually, when we started. And during these few years, the initial meeting where I had a few women, I'm like, oh, yes, yes, I know I wasn't alone. It was like, I'm not the only unicorn. <laughs> and, you know, we had meetings and, you know, trying to come up with ways to support each other and build a community. And then um, my co-founder, Keisha Holmes, um, we were like talking a lot and she was like, hey, I'm, I'm in this. And I'm like, thank you. So with her and I working behind the scenes, you know, we created a website, we created some branding materials, um, decided to have a meetup, our first meetup, but to really create a space. And now we have, we have met so many men and women, uh, black outdoor photographers that are into landscape, wildlife, macro, and it's just, it's so overwhelming. But the other thing is that for me, with my initial uh, desire to create the group, because I wanted for me to have somebody that could mentor me, since I didn't have that, we mm -hmm. want to have something for the next generation. You know, everybody knows Ansel Adams. Um, and, you know, we have you know, people that we look up to as far as, you know, photographers, you know, things that we like um, and, you know, just admire their work. But to have someone that you can identify with means a lot. And yeah. And I think it's, I think it's something that a lot of us take for granted too. You know, it's like, that's not, that's nothing that I had to really worry about much growing up. Although I got to experience some of that growing up because I grew up in Colorado Springs as an atheist. <laughs> okay. And it's like, you know, everyone there is like super into religion and stuff like that. And I wasn't. So like, other than that though, I, I've never, I hadn't felt it on the, you know, on the race side, obviously. Yeah. But see, no one, no one could look at you and say, 
oh, he's an atheist. Exactly. <laughs> you know, no one would know that, you know, but they right. can clearly look at me and go, oh, yeah, she's a black woman. Right. Yep. 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 <laughs> you know, and being in the outdoor spaces, it's to me, it's hilarious because um, I get looks a lot, not negative looks, but it's always so funny where it's um, people are like, wow, that's a nice camera you have there. Oh, wow, that's a really nice camera. Oh, you take pictures? <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I, I have people say that stuff to me too. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's they see the cameras. and um, But we've also, we've had teachers reach out to us. We've had mm. um, some college students reach out to us. I mentored uh, through the NAACP in San Diego um, a few high schoolers in photography. And, you know, just to see their faces, um, it's just, it's, it's just, it's heartwarming, really. But that's yeah, why that's, we created the group. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, I, I don't see a lot of African-American landscape and nature photographers out there. And I know a lot of photographers um, and I also don't see many women African-American landscape photographers. So I love that you've created the community for others like yourself. Um, I was checking out your YouTube page and your YouTube channel. And some of the comments on there, I noticed a ton of other men and women of color saying kind of the same thing. Like, you know, oh my gosh, there's a place for us now. And so I'm curious, how has the creation of your group provided something that's been missing? The existence. <laughs> Just by existing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main thing right there. Um, resources. We have people that reach out to us with questions. Um, we have people that reach out to us as far as, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about going to California. Um, you know, what are some places? Um, I've had people, I've had a few men um, that I met that have reached out and was like, hey, I'm going to be in San Diego, you know, and I found you through your YouTube channel. Of course, you know, initially you're like, mm, who are you? You know, <laughs> I know what questions to ask, but I've had like this one guy we ended up interviewing and I said, how many days are you going to be in San Diego? And he told me three. And I said, and how much time do you want to spend taking pictures? He's like, however much time that you can give me. By the time I was done with him, he was like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, yeah. But like you said, you know, you you don't see a lot, you know, out there. And I personally, it's not like I, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm just going to be out of nature. I've always been out of nature. Do I take inventory? I used to. I mean, which you can't, you can't help. If you're on the trail or if you're out with your camera and you're walking past people and you're like, hey, hi, and you know, they're, and you're high hand back. Um, like I said, someone can look at you. They don't know what your religious beliefs are, but we can look on the exterior, right? But with that being said, you know, to run into somebody or to know that they're out there, um, actually to run into them, is very low percentage, but knowing that we have so many more people that are out there and that are now bringing more awareness, that's, that's a big thing. One of the things I was curious about 
is for, and there's no right or wrong answers to this question, by the way, but for someone who's a woman of color, are there things that you have to consider in terms of preparation or planning or things that you might have to worry about in terms of your travel into nature that someone like me perhaps wouldn't have to worry about? For me, I have not had that experience. I prepare no different than you. You know, I'm checking weather. I'm checking, you know, my gear, be it, you know, shoes, the conditions. Um, I don't, I think for people, which don't get me wrong, I have people who have shared that, you know, they're fearful. Um, There's people who have experienced certain racial situations, you know, or being told, you know, what are you doing out here? But, you know, for me, I don't know if it's my inner, but I don't look for that. You know, I'm looking to be outside. I'm looking to hike. I'm looking to uh, connect. I I don't put that energy out there of fear. But as far as a woman, uh, which, you know, has nothing to do with race, but being a woman, there are things that we as women have to um, make sure that we have protection and such things. But I think, as I'm saying it now, Men as well. It's not like oh, for sure. Like you guys are exempt. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's funny. Like people always ask me, "Oh, aren't you afraid you're gonna get attacked by a bear or a mountain lion or whatever?" And I'm like, "No, the only thing I'm afraid of is other people." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that a lot. You know, I hear I'll post being out, you know, in the woods, and I'm always getting men that are like, you know, be careful. Um, one guy even said, you know, what type of protection are you taking? I'm like, for real? I'm not going to answer that on social media. That's stupid. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I am, I am more fearful of the interaction of humans. And I told them, I'm like, just because we're out in the woods where there's mountain lions and there's bears and snakes, what so have you. You know, I I hate to bring it up, but when you look at the news and the amount of violence that takes place between humans, I'd much rather be out with the mountain lions and the bears and the snakes. Yeah, you have much, much better odds. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I've definitely had some pretty wild encounters with humans in the outdoors. I, I had one situation way back this is this is like gosh this was like 14 years ago now but I was camping with my parents and my wife and my son it was like one and a half at the time Mm -hmm. and like two in the morning this car comes flying through our campsite and we were like camped up off the side of this dirt road and they're yelling and screaming and saying that we took their campsite and then cussing up a storm and then they drove down the roadways to camp and they started firing off their guns all night playing loud music and then they came back the next day with guns and they were like threatening us and one of them was like shooting at the ground at our feet i mean it was it was insanity so like we were like okay we're out of here we're gonna go home now yeah i've never had anything like that happen with a bear (laughs) (laughs) right you know bear basically is like are you what do you have for me to eat Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as long as you don't let them smell it, you're probably going to be right. fine. Yeah. Put it in a bear locker. Let's be smart yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. And that's, 
You know, I haven't shared this, but, you know, as we're talking about it, when I moved to Texas, I was not even here a month. And, you know, I've driven my, the, the Jeep that I had at the time around, you know, California, you know, Utah, um, Oregon, Nevada, you know, just so many places on, you know, on the West. And I wasn't here a month and my car got totaled. Somebody ran into me. Oh, so wow. when I tell people, look, do not come for me for going out in nature. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, I, I think I probably give the message like, you need to be concerned about me if you keep bringing up me going out in nature. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I know this is a bit of a paradox, you know, a chicken the egg situation, but uh, why do you think there are so few prominent or well-known African-American nature and landscape photographers? I mean, obviously, y'all exist, and I want to see more of you out there, so what is the root cause of, of this, do you think? I think it's a few different things. Um, one, the fact that growing up, you know, we we have people telling us, you know, you, you don't do that. We we don't do that. That's too white to do that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, so you have that. Um, the lack of us not seeing ourselves successful. And I think it's also because it's a closed door. There are white women that I know that are amazing landscape and nature photographers. And they have the struggle of getting notoriety. Um, and it's just, I think it's the fact that we have to work on changing the mindset. It's not about, you know, well, this space only belongs to white men. No, this space, the outdoors belongs to everybody. And, you know, when you couple the fact that um, African-Americans or people of color not seeing themselves and not only are they not seeing themselves, who who else is seeing them to know that they're out there? And right. I, right, you know, and I tell them a lot of the ones that I know that are amazing um, with their photography. I'm like, I, we need to see more of you as well. You know, we all have seen pictures, and I'm just assuming that a lot of people have, um, but you have Yosemite Valley, right? Um, and let's, let's even go as far as saying firefall. And you have thousands of people there trying to catch the firefall that happens at Yosemite. You're seeing all these beautiful images. How do I know that there a black person took the picture? You know? And yeah, I don't know. How would you know? Exactly. So it's like we need to be more present. You know, we need to have images of ourselves out there in these spaces in order to bring more um, attention that we are out there, that, you know, we took that picture. So, you know, and until we are able to keep doing that and changing the narrative that we are out there um, and, and, you know, trying to also get brands to know that, yeah, we're here. We're here. There's this very talented people. We're going to have this struggle. Hopefully, you know, with the group, um, and we have a brother group that had also started their Black Men in Outdoor Photography. 
Um, with that and, you know, getting more people coming forward and getting their art out there, you know, we are very hopeful that we'll have more brands, you know, seeing people and inviting them to do talks, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah and you've got, um, you've got your YouTube channel, which you're using to interview other people of color. And I'm curious, kind of where do you see that going in terms of helping to accomplish some of some of the goals that you're discussing here well with the youtube channel we are continuing to do interviews um it allows for people and we also with our website if people go to the website we have a page that you know people can see the photographer a part of their work and click on that and go to the youtube channel um but with those interviews um we've had We've had a uh, a lady from, actually, this was one of the teachers that was in Canada who came across our YouTube channel. Um, and she wanted, you know, for, she wanted to, you know, connect with one of the photographers for a project that she was doing with her students. Um, and she was like, I just, I was just, wow. We have people that are over in the UK. So we're growing. And with that growth, like I said, our whole thing is to not only, you know, um, change the narrative, but to be there, be a presence, be mentors for the next generation. So the YouTube channel, those interviews are like very important for us to do. You know, there's certain things that people say where someone can connect with. Someone that but may say, we had recently one of our photographers that we interviewed, um, she can only see out of one eye, hmm. you know, and she ended up connecting with another photographer who also has um, a visual impairment. So it's things like that, right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. How are you finding other people to, to interview for your YouTube channel? Um, <laughs> great question. Uh, <laughs> a lot of it has come about with um, the interactions that we have with people, um, looking at pages, kind of seeing if they are um, uh, where they are as far as with their photography, you know, if it's just something that, you know, they want to grow and develop. Um, we do have people that reach out to us. We have people that make, you know, that are referrals. Um, our Instagram page has, is like our, our biggest hub. Instagram is just a big hub for just meeting and connecting with people anyway. Um, so it's like so many photography pages are followed by other photographers, right? you know, um, and a lot of it, we started off really pushing the hashtag Oh, okay. Um, so that has also allowed for us to um, discover uh, more talent. That makes sense. What's yeah. the hashtag? We have our black landscape, black female landscape and nature photographers. Um, there's black outdoor photographers. There's black birders. Um, okay. A lot of times it's just me just trying to think of like if, thinking like years ago when I first started, what would I search for to try and find the today me, right? Yeah. 
Um, so it's just, you know, it, it's just the day and age that we're in. Like, what's the hashtag? You know, what's if I wanted to find beautiful spots in Colorado Springs, hashtag Colorado Springs. Right. <laughs> you know, see what comes up. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, I, <clears throat> one person comes to mind that you definitely should reach out to who's been on my show. Her name's Tara Workman. Um, been there went, already. We already know her. Oh, okay. She's, she's got she's got great photography. But. Yes, yes. We have um, we've been connected with her. Okay, good, um, so good, good, good. Oh yeah, awesome. I our research. We are like. Oh, you're on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's just the whole thing. Is like I said, there was no way of knowing. You know, could someone else have said, you know, I, I really want to connect with others, but how do I? Sure. But for me, in June of 2020, I was like, all right, I waited long enough. No one else is doing it. And I'm tired of just being, I was in other groups and it was all portrait. And I'm like, mm, mm. yeah. So I'm curious for like 80% of our listeners, or I don't I actually don't know, but I'm just guessing. But what are some of the things us white men can do to, to help y'all out? <laughs> um, this interview is you know, as a start, um, and to be genuine in the acceptance, right? Um, there's enough photography in this beautiful world of ours for everyone to enjoy. And a lot of it is, you know, people really just wanting to be out in nature, whether it's to just detach from the stressors of work, family. I mean, you're a husband, you're a father, you know, you're doing this and there's other things that I'm sure that you're doing, but, you know, being in that outdoor space allows for you to just kind of detach, right? Um, so the main things is to be genuine, you know, be accepting, whether it's uh, for people of color, those are the main things. Um, and not to be uh, how would I say it? Not to feel that anyone is being invasive of a space that is for everybody. I like that. That's great. Yeah, no, that 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 works well for me. I'm, I was trying to channel some of my my brain power to try to think about some of the things that might be going through the minds of some of the listeners who have commented on my show in the past when we've brought up racial issues like you know there's a lot of people out there like oh there's there's no racial issues where everything's fine and i'm like okay if that's what you think that's fine but what would you what would you say to people that they might not have a full appreciation for what it's like to be in your shoes we've had a person that made a comment on one of our earlier youtube videos and um was voicing um the fact that we were like, why, why do you have to say black female photographers? Why do you have to use the word black? Um, <laughs> so during that, well, with that comment, I had chimed in, you know, because we need to know that we're here. Um, how else will we find each other? And I had asked the person, I said, you know, one of the things that you can do rather being upset that we are clearly trying to connect and build a community 
Um, and not saying that we are not accepting of anyone else. No, it's, it's not that. It's just the fact that it's really easy for, um, for, like I said, for white men, you know, to just, a lot of people think of landscape nature photography as just white men out there. Right. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I had told the person that was making these comments, I had asked them, I said, do you, I said, you know, have you talked to a black landscape photographer and see how they felt? And the person was basically, I don't know any. And I said, well, why don't you do us a favor? Why don't you try and meet some? And rather than trying to be upset basically with us because we're using black, you know, meet some, talk with them, share this page. Yeah, I love you that. Know, you know, it, it's, it's sad that in this world that we live in where we are not inclusive of everybody to the point where we don't care about race or gender. That would be great, but I don't know if it'll ever happen in my lifetime or yours. So for right now, you know, this is what we need to be able to take the steps where it doesn't matter what your race or your gender is. This is what we have to do. You know, like I said, I grew up, there was, I learned in photography about Ansel Adams. I did not learn about Annette Adams, <laughs> if there was one. I didn't even learn if there was a Barbara Adams that might have been a photographer. It was just Ansel Adams. And that says a lot. You know, we have yeah. to change the narrative. Yeah, and, you know, it's, you know, I'm a psychologist by training so I've done a lot of research in social psychology it's my favorite psych psychology sub sub subject okay and you know with that comes a lot of research around um, things like implicit bias and things like that <clears throat> and basically because of the way we're wired evolutionarily like we're all sort of racist in our own ways whether we ad admit it or not because it's hardwired into the way our brains like identify between in-group and out-group and it's like that's how we survive for so long it's like oh that person's like me so they have less of a threat to me and that person's not like me and it's 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 hardwired into us and so the i think the solution to that is like just recognize that it exists acknowledge it and then move past it you know so exactly i it drives me nuts when people are like I, i'm not racist and it's like well <clears throat> maybe not like on purpose but Right. Like we all have biases, so. Right. Yeah. You know. And in in the order for us to change it, like you said, we have to we we have to make changes. Yeah. Well, talk about totally shifting gears, but <laughs> I was I want to spend a little bit of time talking to you about something you'd mentioned in our emails. You had done a five day trip to Peru, and I would love for you to talk about what that adventure was like, because that's that's a place that I I would love to visit someday myself. Peru. Okay, let me backtrack a little bit. Hiking <laughs> okay. in California. Okay, great. There's hiking. Yes, mountains. Yes. Going to Peru and preparing to go to Peru. I'm like, oh, there's this thing called elevation sickness, altitude sickness. Yes. Oh, okay. Let me look more into that. Took the precautions. You know, in California, I was hiking. I'm cycling, you know, I run almost every day. 
I consider myself to be pretty active. Um, so, so much so that, you know, I tend to, when I'm out, um, yeah, I'll have like 25, 30 pounds of gear on my back. Cause I'm, I'm, for me, it's like, it's just an added workout, make the legs stronger. Peru was beautiful, but it broke me down. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, um, it was that hike was the views and I had my camera I had my day pack on me and I had my uh, camera I had a think tank camera bag on the front and I was just uh-uh. um to Peru um, I'm just hiking and um, being in California you know I was trying to stay active so I can prepare for the altitude and the hike in Peru. And I had my day pack on the back and I had my camera on the front. I had a think tank uh, camera bag. So with that day pack with the two liters of water, the high altitude, my legs hated me, but the beauty of the landscape was amazing. <laughs> Um, and the first day starting out, you know, I'm using every camera I have, you know, even my phone. And when we made it to the camp, I did a video and I'm like, my bunions have bunions. I, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make it, <laughs> but it was, it was so worth it. It was, there was this area, this one part of the Inca trail where we had to scale a rock it was that steep the steps and i'm thinking i'm like how am i going to do this because i have my camera back in the front i have my tape pack in the back of me and all i can think of just keep laying forward just keep moving the pack lay forward because if you just shift back a little bit you're going to tumble down the side of a mountain for a while oh wow it was great i tell people if you can do the five-day, four-night Inca Trail, do it. You will you will have a lot of conversations with yourself, but it's worth it. <laughs> and what was your favorite scene to photograph on that trip? Oh, um, actually, there were a few. Um, the second day, it was the highest elevation of the trail. It was, it was called Dead Woman's Pass. And um, sounds like a perfect name, right? Because <laughs> I wanted to just die, and it was we're just climbing steps, and I'm walking zigzag like it's gonna make it easier, and I'm talking to my legs like just please. And when I got to the top and turned around and looked at the landscape, it took me a minute to get my camera out, but I stood there and just was in awe. And then the other one was. Um, where we started like at three in the morning so that we can get to um, uh, Machu Picchu, the ruins. Right. And the sun was coming up and to see the sunlight as it, the sunbeams on the landscape, it was just, yeah, it was, it was, I just, I was taking pictures of everything. I'm like, I don't know when. I'm like, I know I'm not doing this again. I'm, I know. <laughs> But yeah, it was just, it was so beautiful. It was. 
<clears throat> and uh, what what else did you do to prepare for that trip other than do a lot of training? I didn't do enough training, but I mean, because it was like the altitude. <laughs> I have to tell you, because like the altitude there, the altitude at uh, Cusco was nine. Was it 9,000 or was Cusco higher than the, anyway, the altitude was high and I was walking around in Cusco and I walked up two steps and I was winded. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and I, yeah. like, I, th- I thought I was like in great shape. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. I'm also 5'3". And when you're on the Inca trail, it's not like the steps are the same height. So you had, there were steps that were like 16 inches high, 12, 8, 4. And like I said, I'm carrying my day pack and my camera. And you, you I, I don't know how you can prepare for that. I just, I don't know. <laughs> gotcha. And yeah, but it's, it's definitely a mind over matter. And with the photography out of it, I don't even know how I was able to get the pictures that I got, honestly, because I would stand there and you walk, everyone's not together. Everyone's walking at their own pace. So there were times where I was by myself and I I remember taking a camera out because the way that the clouds were coming in on the mountains, I'm like, oh, I got to get that. That is so beautiful. And we're also hiking during the day. So it's not like ideal as far as the color, like the sunset or the sun sunrise. So I'm like, I don't care. I'm getting it. And I, most of the time, I didn't even think about putting my ND filter on because it's like, this is physical. I, I don't even care. I don't even want to grab it. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's no point. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's amazing. And, you know, doing that and looking at photographers that, you know, will climb snow-covered mountains to get certain images. I'm like, I, I feel for you. You guys are walking in snow for the guys that do that. <laughs> you know. And I'm looking at the image behind you. Yeah, what that was, was that hike like? No, that, that was taken at sunrise at 13,900 feet after a, about a 10-mile backpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's, that's pretty standard for me. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a freak show. So, no, you're not. No, <laughs> I did, I did um, Mount Baldy in California. Oh yeah, yeah, the one near LA. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, east yeah. of LA. So the one that people keep dying on <laughs> this winter. I mean, we're not trying to tell people that, are we, Matt? We don't like no, it. I'm serious. Like for because it got so much snow and ice yeah. and stuff. I guess a bunch of yeah. people have been dying up there. I don't know why people would do that hike with the snow. Um, because there's a part of that hike. It's called Devil's Backbone. Mm-hmm. I was it was sketchy for me, and there In was good weather. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what happens. Like people, you know, they're down in the valley or whatever. Like, oh, it's fine, and they get up there, and it's like. Totally, you're just totally unprepared. Oh yeah, no, I would have. We, turned we get that a lot in Colorado too. Like, people come in to Colorado. They, they go to Rocky Mountain National Park. They're like, oh, I want to climb a 14. I'm going to climb Long's Peak, and they're in tennis shoes, and they have like, like a water bottle they got from the grocery store the day before, and you know they don't realize it's like, 30 miles round trip, and you gain like 6,000 feet of elevation, and, 
and it's not easy and yeah people mm -hmm. die on the, up there every year so it's yeah same old mm -hmm. stuff yeah exactly and you, you know and for the type of photography that we love to do you know where it involves you know the this hiking these high elevations it's all goes back to being prepared during the research exactly you know, if it yeah, were easy yeah. everybody would be doing it <laughs> that's true you know but that is true that is right. true <clears throat> so, so yeah. what's so what's next for you what's for your group for your photography what do you got coming up oh gosh well we're gonna celebrate in june we're working on how we're gonna celebrate with the three years for the group um so cool. we're planning on nice. revamping the website um we're pushing for more local meetups um, we had our first meetup in san diego then we had a meetup in um, denver area last year so we're pushing for more local meetups so we're working on that website um for me um i do a little bit of everything so i'm trying to program my mind um because i also i'm a faa certified remote drone pilot um so i try and program my mind that angela you cannot be five people at one time when it comes to photography <laughs> um, <laughs> are you one of those I people tried. that's got you got the tripod set up and you're flying a drone at the same time are you one of those people Guilty. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way, actually. <laughs> I am. It's hard not to sometimes, you know? It's like, oh, I don't want to miss anything. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. I'm really doing this. I thought driving a stick shift was bad, but trying to handle all these cameras and have oh, a yeah. camera on my chest to try and capture the stuff that I'm missing. I so, remember one uh, time I was out on a trip with two of my friends and... They're way more into drones than I am. Mm -hmm. And they were, they both had two drones up in the air at the same time. And I was like, I can barely keep track of one, guys. Like, you guys are... I mean, I think part of it was, like, different compositions from different spots. And they're waiting for this, you know, the light to change and stuff like that. But still, it's like... The one makes me plenty nervous. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have the one drone. You have your camera trying to watch around you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster right there. Yeah, but it's such an adrenaline rush when you... <laughs> it is. It's, it's so fun. It's so fun. It really is. So, yeah. So, you know, I have some photography projects that I'm working on for myself, aside from the group, so... Trying to, you know, set aside time to also not lose my own focus. So, yeah. Good, good. Well, my last question for you is who would you recommend our podcast listeners learn more about or who should we try to get here on the show? Okay. Um, do you want me to provide you this list in alphabetical order? <laughs> Any order will do. Keisha Holmes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, you already know David. You already know Tara. Um, uh, there's a um, there's David David Greaves. He's a birder. Okay. Um, Jamel Jamel Bland. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Um, 
And there's a, um, a, another woman. Yo, you know Tara. I know all these women. Why can't I think of the names right now? Allison? Allison Holmes? I'll write it down. Okay. Well, if you think of any more, feel free to send them over. Oh, I know more. Cool. Well, Angela, this has been super fun. And I am really happy about your group that you created. And I hope to see a lot more success with that because I personally would love to see a lot more people of color out there making images. Thank you. That means a lot. And I thank you for having me on to share um, my story, to share about the group, you know, and, of course. you know, the more that we are able to spread the word, you know, the more that we can help to change the narrative. And like I said, you know, I want the next generation to be able to have people to look up to. I love it. Thanks. Well, thank you, Angela, for the great conversation and for all you do for our community. It's quite inspiring work that you've undertaken, so keep up the awesome work. If you too are looking for a great community where you can share your photographs, get critique on them, and engage in thoughtful conversation, then your search is over. That community exists and it is called Nature Photographers Network. You can join me and many other prominent photographers for honest and thoughtful critique of your work, now including a project critique section, which I'm really excited for. Join by heading to npn.link forward slash fstop and make sure to use the code fstop10 for a 10% discount. Other than the amazing critique forums over there, you can join NPN and gain access to countless discounts on tutorials, books, software, prints, and a lot more. And there's some amazing articles that you can read as well. I look forward to seeing you all there. Again, that's npn.link forward slash fstop. Okay, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.